Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kevod Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpachah. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land, not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Ki Tisa, and it means, When you elevate. Exodus 31.18-33.11 When the Lord finished speaking with Moses on Mount Sinai, He gave him the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant written by the finger of God. When the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come back down the mountain, They gathered around Aaron. Come on, they said, make us some gods who can lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. So Aaron said, take the gold rings from the ears of your wives and sons and daughters and bring them to me. All the people took the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. Then Aaron took the gold, melted it down, and molded it into the shape of a calf. When the people saw it, they exclaimed, O Israel, these are the gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Aaron saw how excited the people were, so he built an altar in front of the calf, and then he announced, Tomorrow will be a festival to the Lord. The people got up early in the morning to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offerings. After this, they celebrated with feasting and drinking, and they indulged in pagan revelry. The Lord told Moses, Quick, go down the mountain. Your people whom you brought from the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. 
How quickly they have turned away from the way I commanded them to live. They have melted down gold and made a calf, and they have bowed down and sacrificed to it. They are saying, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Then the Lord said, I have seen how stubborn and rebellious these people are. Now leave me alone so my fierce anger can blaze against them and I will destroy them. Then I will make you, Moses, into a great nation. But Moses tried to pacify the Lord his God. O Lord, he said, why are you so angry with your own people whom you brought from the land of Egypt with such great power and such a strong hand? Why let the Egyptians say, Their God rescued them with the evil intention of slaughtering them in the mountains and wiping them from the face of the earth. Turn away from your fierce anger. Change your mind about this terrible disaster you have threatened against your people. Remember your servants Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You bound yourself with an oath to them, saying, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars of heaven and I will give them all of this land that I have promised to your descendants, and they will possess it forever. So the Lord changed his mind about the terrible disaster he had threatened to bring on his people. Then Moses turned and went down the mountain. He held in his hands the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant. They were inscribed on both sides, front and back. These tablets were God's work. The words on them were written by God himself. When Joshua heard the boisterous noise of the people shouting them below, he exclaimed to Moses, It sounds like war in the camp. But Moses replied, No, it's not a shout of victory, nor the wailing of defeat. I hear the sound of a celebration. When they came near the camp, Moses saw the calf and the dancing, and he burned with anger. He threw the stone tablets to the ground, smashing them at the foot of the mountain. He took the calf they had made and burned it. Then he ground it into powder, threw it into the water, and forced the people to drink it. Finally, he turned to Aaron and demanded, What did these people do to you to make you bring such terrible sin upon them? Don't get so upset, my lord, Aaron replied. You yourself know how evil these people are. They said to me, Make us gods who will lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses, who brought us here from the land of Egypt. So I told them, Whoever has gold jewelry, take it off. And when they brought it to me, I simply threw it into the fire, and out came this calf. Moses saw that Aaron had let the people get completely out of control, much the amusement of their enemies. So he stood at the entrance to the camp and shouted, All of you who are on the Lord's side, come here and join me. And all the Levites gathered around him. Moses told them, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Each of you take your swords and go back and forth from one end of the camp to the other. Kill everyone even your brothers, friends, and neighbors. The Levites obeyed Moses' command, and about 3,000 people died that day. Then Moses told the Levites, Today you have ordained yourselves for the service of the Lord, for you obeyed him even though it meant killing your own sons and brothers. Today you have earned a blessing. The next day Moses said to the people, 
You have committed a terrible sin, but I will go back up to the Lord on the mountain. Perhaps I will be able to obtain forgiveness for your sins. So Moses returned to the Lord and said, Oh, what a terrible sin these people have committed. They have made gods of gold for themselves. But now, if you will only forgive their sin, but if not, erase my name from the record you have written. But the Lord replied to Moses, No, I will erase the name of everyone who has sinned against me. Now go, lead the people to the place I told you about. Look, my angel will lead the way before you. And when I come to call the people to account, I will certainly hold them responsible for their sins. Then the Lord sent a great plague upon the people because they had worshipped the calf Aaron had made. The Lord said to Moses, Get going, you and the people you brought up from the land of Egypt. Go up to the land I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I told them, I will give this land to your descendants and I will send an angel before you to drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hevites, and Jebusites. Go up to this land that flows with milk and honey, but I will not travel among you, for you are a stubborn and rebellious people. If I did, I would surely destroy you along the way. When the people heard these stern words, they went into mourning and stopped wearing their jewelry and fine clothes. For the Lord had told Moses to tell them, You are a stubborn and rebellious people. If I were to travel with you for even a moment, I would destroy you. Remove your jewelry and fine clothes while I decide what to do with you. So, from the time they left Mount Sinai, the Israelites wore no more jewelry or fine clothes. It was Moses' practice to to take the tent of meeting and set it up some distance from the camp. Everyone who wanted to make a request of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent of meeting, all the people would get up and stand in the entrance of their own tents. They would all watch Moses until he disappeared inside. As he went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and hover at its entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. When the people saw the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they would stand and bow down in front of their own tents. Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face, as one speaks to a friend. Afterward, Moses would return to the camp, but the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. Matthew 28, 1-20 Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Yeshua, who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come, see where his body was lying. And now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. 
the women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy, and they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Yeshua met them and greeted them, and they ran to him, grasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Yeshua said to them, Don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. As the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and told the leading priests what had happened. A meeting with the elders was called, and they decided to give the soldiers a large bribe. They told the soldiers, You must say, Yeshua's disciples came during the night while we were sleeping, and they stole his body. If the governor hears about it, we'll stand up for you so you won't get in trouble. So the guards accepted the bribe and said what they were told to say. Their story spread widely among the Jews, and they still tell it today. Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Yeshua had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Yeshua came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Psalm 34, 11-22 Come, my children, and listen to me, and I will teach you to fear the Lord. Does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? Then keep your tongue from speaking evil, and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. He will erase their memory from the earth. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. For the Lord protects the bones of the righteous. Not one of them is broken. Calamity will surely destroy the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be punished. But the Lord will redeem those who serve him. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. Proverbs 9, 9-10 and 10. Instruct the wise, and they will be even wiser. Teach the righteous, and they will learn even more. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. Today I want to speak to you from Exodus chapter 32 from our Torah portion. And in this chapter we see the sad, sad incident of the golden calf. And basically the people became afraid. They were not trusting Moses and they were not trusting Yahweh. And when they saw how long Moses had been gone, they took matters into their own hands. They said, 
He's been gone a long time. And we don't know what's happened to him. Let's make us some gods who can lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses. So they went from plan A, God's plan, to plan B, their own plan. And it was rooted in fear and doubt and unbelief. And so this is something we want to think about and meditate on, that we don't fall into that same trap. Sometimes it can be really hard to wait upon the Lord, to wait for him to orchestrate circumstances, for him to move. And sometimes we can be very tempted to take matters in our own hands and for us to take the steering wheel instead of allowing Yeshua to be the person in the driver's seat. So they went to plan B and they made this golden calf and they called that Yahweh. Idolatry, the very first sin that they fell right into. Putting our trust in something other than the God of Israel. So when Moses came down and he saw what had happened and what the people had done, he was very angry. So why is it that when Moses came back down, that he had the children of Israel drink water that had the dust of the destroyed golden calf? What was that about? So let's look at this. Exodus chapter 32, verse 19. When they came near the camp, Moses saw the calf and the dancing, and he burned with anger. He threw the stone tablets to the ground and smashed them at the foot of the mountain. Verse 20. He took the calf they had made and burned it, and then he ground it into powder, threw it into the water, and forced the people to drink it. What was that about? That was the test of the adulterous woman. Basically, Yahweh's people have committed adultery against him. They have wandered after other gods, and they have been unfaithful to him. This test of the adulterous woman can be found in Numbers chapter 5. And if a husband begins to feel jealous that his wife has been sleeping with somebody else, he brings her to the Levitical priest. And the priest tells her and puts her under an oath, Numbers chapter 5, verse 19, and says to her, If no other man has had sex with you, and you have not gone astray and defiled yourself while under your husband's authority, may you be immune from the effects of this bitter water that brings on the curse. But if you have gone astray by being unfaithful to your husband and have defiled yourself by having sex with another man. And so then... May the people know that the Lord's curse is upon you when he makes you infertile, causing your womb to shrivel and your abdomen to swell. Now, may this water that brings the curse enter your body and cause your abdomen to swell and your womb to shrivel. And the woman will be required to say, yes, let it be so. And so then the priest would write these curses on a piece of leather and wash them off into the bitter water. And the bitter water was dust swept up off the floor and mixed in with the water. And then he makes the woman drink this bitter water that brings on the curse. Now, if she's innocent, 
nothing is to happen. But if she's guilty and she has cheated on her husband, then her belly swells and her thigh rots and she becomes infertile. That is the test of the unfaithful wife. And that's basically what Moses administered here when he had them all drink this water that had the ground-up gold powder in it. Now, the next thing that happens is he instructs all the Levites, all the people who were, who were going to stand with me. And so all the Levitical priests stood with Moses. And then he instructs them to take their swords and to go back and forth throughout the camp and to kill everyone, even brothers, friends, and neighbors. And 3,000 people died that day. Now, something very significant happened. Very, very sad that that many people had to die because of this terrible sin that came into the camp. But what happened was, up until this point, there was a priesthood called the Melchizedek priesthood that was in place. And the oldest son in each family took on the role of the Melchizedek priesthood. And that priesthood was very specific. They were to study the Torah, to implement and execute the Torah, and to look after um, the needs of their family, and if they needed help, to be there for them, to help them. But on this day, the Melchizedek priesthood was shelved. It was put in the parking lot. And priesthood was transferred over to the Levitical priesthood, to the Levites. They took over the role of Melchizedek priesthood on this day because of this golden sin, this golden calf sin that took place. So the Melchizedek priesthood was shelved and parking lotted for several thousand years until Yeshua came. And when Yeshua came, he became our great high priest of the order of Melchizedek, and he reinstated the Melchizedek priesthood order upon his, um, when he, when he came. But it was on this day that it was shelved. It was parking lotted because of the terrible golden sin, golden calf sin that happened. Now, it's interesting that 3,000 people died on that day. And it was a terrible curse that came down upon the Israelites, but um, it sort of got undone, this curse, because in Acts chapter 2, in Acts chapter 2, verse 41, um, in the upper room, when they started with 120 people praying and interceding, and then the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, was poured out, and there were tongues of fire upon their head. There was a great roaring wind that came through, and Peter began to preach. And on that day, Acts chapter 2, verse 41, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. So they started with 120 and then 3,000 in all, many were believed and were baptized. And so 3,000 people were killed on the day of the golden calf incident. And basically at the same time, a couple thousand years later, um, at the time, at the season of Shavuot, 
Shavuot is when the Ten Commandments were given. Shavuot, or Pentecost, is when the Holy Spirit was given, so that the Torah would be written upon people's hearts, and not just on tablets of stone. 3,000 people were killed at the Golden Calf Incident, and a couple of thousand years later, at the same time, Shavuot, 3,000 people were saved, and were born again, and became believers in Yeshua, the Messiah. So that curse was unwound, it was undone, it was redeemed uh, at the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your Ten Commandments, for your Torah. We thank you for Yeshua. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit, who is our teacher and our guide and our comforter. And Father, I pray that we will soberly consider the lesson of the golden calf, that we will not fall into golden calf worship, that we will not depart from you, that we will not uh, lose faith in you or trust in you, that we will trust in you in all things. We love you, we bless you, and we praise you. In Yeshua's name, amen. Yevrekah Adonai Vishmerekah Adonai Vikuneka Isa Adonai Anav Ileka Vayaseleka Leka Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.